0: did it I did you did it back it up pause for just a second and then start talking
1: (laughs) I did a double whammy there Mm I said that's uh Mm -hmm. and I just ran right into it
0: as the guy that edits the podcast I am very well aware what you just did (laughs) (laughs) which is why I stopped you and made you start over Welcome to episode 5 of Webway Radio. My name is Kurt. I'm Shane. And today we are going to talk about my first tournament. And we're going to talk a lot about hobby progress. We both knocked out a ton of stuff since we recorded last.
1: As you do when you're preparing for a tournament.
0: Yes. Um, and it doesn't help that we technically haven't recorded since like December 20th together. Since right. we had a special guest for episode 4.
1: Had a lot of things going on.
0: Yes, it's between COVID and Christmas and holidays it's been crazy, so we kind
1: of took a month off on accident. On accident, but you squeezed that extra episode in there without me. We so did. We just stuck it in. My wife
0: was jazzed to talk about Eldar, and boy, is she jazzed to talk yeah. about Eldar I mean, again. You
1: gotta give our rabid fans their heroin drip, man. I guess. Oh, and and while I'm
0: thinking about it, I have started a hobby blog on Twitter and Instagram. I like to think I'm doing pretty well, considering uh, 15 likes my last post. Oh right, yeah, right. Oh. I made three of them now. Um, But if you wanted to follow that and see some of the stuff we're talking about, it is yelid, Y-E-L-L-I-D underscore gaming on Twitter and Instagram. Probably probably post more on Instagram just because it's easier and Twitter scares me. Got anything you want to plug while we're talking?
1: I uh, did not write my username down.
0: That's all right. We'll get it next time. All right. Well, with that being said, let's jump into hobby progress and games played.
1: All right, guys. So the hobby progress section... We're gonna try to throw our hobby progresses and purchases into the same section this time to kind of lower our number of
0: sections. Well, and this might be the longest list of uh, progress and purchases I've ever seen for this show, at least.
1: And we're gonna we're not gonna go in as much detail on it as we normally do because a) there's so much of it, and b) we have a very juicy topic today, and we're running out of time. We've had some stuff going on today; it's gonna limit our recording window. So here we go.
0: Woo, children!
1: Just to break up how much talking that you're going to be doing sure i'm gonna let you talk first so that oh. then i can talk to break up the next hour you. of you talking okay. well,
0: i appreciate that because yes. i'm
1: probably going to talk a lot yes absolutely i already,
0: already feel it in the vocal cords um so as far as hobby progress goes as you know um i played in a tournament this past weekend and i had a lot of stuff to paint first up on my list is i got drazar fully painted he was really fun. I went with the normal incubi scheme that I've been doing: the dark green, mid green, light green. Blow some orange on him, and then dry brush on a really bright green, but hitting his little details and the gems, and painting his base the uh, uh, the Eldar stone stuff. What's what's it called? Um, it's it's like the the bone, hero rock the, the wraithbone. The... Oh, okay, so okay. I, I painted it. You know, similar to how my wife paints all her wraithbone stuff. And I did some really cool blue highlights on it. I got to paint the plants on it green. Uh, so he's just bursting with color, which is really nice compared to, not compared to, but you know, my my army has its scheme and this guy just has all kinds of colors the other guys don't. So it's kinda kind of cool. I dug it. Along with him, I painted a second un- third unit of Incubi. That way I'm not rocking old fine cast ones with the new plastic ones. So now I have two plastic units. Painted a Ravager which i'm I'm pretty proud of i I'm a little hesitant on the bottom fade i I really want to redo it, but at the same time I don't want to go back
1: there's there's like a a point where you get into the to hobbying where it's like I think all of us go through this where it's like how how much is too much when do you call it done and stuff like that, and with my blood angels, which I'll get to later. Is I've just gotten to a line where there's so much stuff I want to do more to the models, but it's like if I keep doing it, I'm never going to finish it.
0: Exactly, um, and I, especially with the deadline, knowing like, all right, cool, I can I can only put like three hours into this, really helped me out when it comes to, um, just just hitting the deadline really because I I knew a week before the tournament, it's like I got a Ravager, I've got three or four characters, I've got a bunch of little characters, I've got to do, um. It lit the fire for sure, so I printed and painted three grotesques, mostly just because I hate the fine cast models, um, and I, I have a really hard time justifying, what, 30 bucks for a single model um, that is just cast awfully, it's going to have bubbles, it's not great. Um, so I painted up three of those, one of them has a towel that's actively being ripped in half, um, I'm quite proud of him.
1: So, so one thing to throw out here, talking about the 3D printed models... Mm-hmm. is we've just did some research on the 3D-printed tournament scene, and we, we found out that ITC allows 3D-printed models. Correct. But, Jordan has
0: a handful that have already been approved, but Adepticon's policy is specifically no 3D-printed models.
1: Which is the next thing that we are going to. Yes. Well. Which is
0: frustrating. Uh, yes and no, Um. and because of that, I really just printed these out to try them in the tournament. Um, well,
1: I mean, but in, in addition, though, like, you know, you... You look at the rules and you're like, okay, as long as I don't go to a Warhammer tournament, I can do this. And right. then as soon as we do it, and as soon as you get them painted, it's like, oh, so oh, I can't do it.
0: And and I think that's probably got a lot more to do with now that Games Workshop is a little more heavily involved with Adepticon, uh, seeing as how it's now the golden demon for the US. Um, I'm sure they made some like, Hey, we'll we'll help sponsor this or provide you with terrain, but you know, you, you gotta you gotta put that hard line in the sand. Which yeah. is fine. Um, I'm actually looking at revamping my list. A little off topic, um, and and completely dropping the
1: Homunculus Coven to so get access to those other stratagems.
0: Yeah, I've 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 done some research. Yep. apparently trying to be friendly and not competitive in a tournament, not the way to win games.
1: <laughs> well, in, in addition though, I mean, as you at, like, what we're doing is there's a lot of learning. So we get a list and then we start playing it till we know it good enough to make our own adjustments, and that's where you're at. Right,
0: yeah. um, and, and after getting five good games in,
1: because game. cause in the beginning we didn't know how to make a list. That's why we we did a lot of research online to try to figure out. Okay, so like I like the things I like, but they're not very good. <laughs> yes. So then you end up in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but continuing on my list here, I have also painted a Talos, uh, a Succubus,
0: a bunch of just miscellaneous witches and Cabalite warriors to kind of finish out the squads. Like, oh, I need I need one with this weapon and maybe a blast pistol or something. I magnetized the entire army's bases and movement trays. I bought and cut a piece of sheet metal, which is something I had not done before. I'm not a fan, personally.
1: Yeah, it's it's not fun. Mm-mm. I've nope. done it with tin steps yep. and a Dremel now. And that's and what I use. They both sucked.
0: But and then, you know, we both kinda found a cheat sheet online and, and tweaked it to our
1: needs. Now on this piece of sheet metal, since it's kinda just mm-hmm. listed as a piece of sheet metal, mm-hmm. to clarify, you purchased an MDF tray. Yes. that you then For cut a piece of training. sheet metal to fit and taped it to it so that your magnetized models... Didn't tape it. Oh, just laid it just in there. Just laid it. It's, it's tight
0: enough to where it's not going
1: anywhere. So you had a carrying tray... Yes. ...to go from table to table in your tournament. Correct. I did a very similar thing. A friend of ours uses these plastic containers that he... uh They come in like a double stack with a handle. Yes. I got a piece, a piece of sheet metal and cut it to tape to the bottom of the containers, and I put my models in there... I would not be able to use this system if I were to use bigger models. Right. Because it's not an open top. Sure. But because it's a Space Marine Army, everything I have, I think just about every Space Marine model would fit in there. And there's plenty of room uh, so that I magnetized all my bases so that they would go in there. Um, I had to, I painted my Smash Captain twice.
0: Yes, I heard about this.
1: So the the first time I painted him, I just wanted some colors on him and I planned on going back over it so that when I played, I wouldn't have a white model. However, he's a resin model. He's a third party model. He, I think from War Games Exclusive, I think is Uh, the name of that company. uh, Yeah, they've
0: got some really cool stuff.
1: I did not put his wings or his storm shield on uh, when I played with him because I wanted to do it separate. Well, then when I finally got around to painting them, I just wanted to get things painted so I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to put them together and then paint them. If I can't get it, it's going to be black primer. It just look like a shadow. So I put them together and then I primed him and went to start painting him. And where I had primed the new pieces I had put on, the primer I'm using isn't technically primer, but I had it on good authority that it would work. And it does on plastic models. Apparently it does not adhere to resin at all.
0: Yeah, not, not so much on the resin, huh?
1: So... I had to strip the model after the second time I painted it. So now I'm going to I'm gonna have to wait for the weather to cooperate so I can use rattle can primer on it so that it'll stick before I can paint it again. Now, would
0: you not use like a Vallejo primer or something?
1: I could, but at this point, I've painted it so many times, I do not want to risk having to do it a third time. So oh. I'm just going to let it cure for 24
0: hours and it'll be fine. But I, I've learned with airbrush priming, you, you have to let it cure. You can't just start
1: touching it or it, it falls right off. It's got to have time to, to sit there. So the, let's see. Now I do need to, I've, I've printed out, I've got 54 models on my list. I've printed out 34 bases. So Mm -hmm. I have 20 bases to go. I believe in you. I ran out of resin. Oh no. So I just got the resin in the other day. So I've got to start that back up. In the meantime though, I wanted all my stuff magnetized. So even though the bases aren't the bases I'm going to be using.
0: Does my models make you jealous? Yeah, a little bit. Do my models. Yeah, I'm not I mean, good at English. It's, a, it's okay.
1: okay. It happens to all of us. The so I magnetized them because I can always pop the magnets off the bases when I take them off the models and use them for something else. So I just wanted to have everything magnetized when I brought it over here because some of the like my jump packs are, are resin angel wings, very breakable. Yes, uh, so I wanted to prevent that from happening. Uh, I finished painting my my incursors this weekend. Oh, cool! And my death company. Yeah, so I've gotten, that's 15 of the models completed. Now, as best I can tell, I'm making some pretty good progress on this. I've got me a little Kanban board set up for my Army progress, and I'm probably 75% done at this point. So once I get those bases done, I've still got to do some Vanguard vets and some Inceptors I've got to paint. And the Smash Captain. Oh, and the Blade Guard. I got to paint the Blade Guard. But they're all base-coated. They're all Blood Angels red with the transitions and stuff with the airbrush. So I can put them on a table, and they're very clearly Blood Angels.
0: Uh, What else we got? Anything else? Uh, We played a game what feels like months ago now because I've played so many games since then. Yeah. So I don't remember anything
1: about it. (laughs) So it has been a while since we recorded last. Yeah. And in that time period... Um, I had signed up for a tournament. Mm-hmm. It got moved to a date I couldn't make.
0: That's right. There was a bachelor party and the then, entire team was attending. So right. they, they moved which, it.
1: Which is the same hosts of the tournament that you went to this past weekend. Yes. Which I was also last minute going to go to. Mm-hmm. But then I, I, I lasted 24 months before I got COVID. But then I got covid and it, it kicked my butt. Mm-hmm. So that made it where I missed miss this. Well, uh, it and wasn't the, just
0: COVID. You had COVID and then you had a super sinus infection, yes. which I think might have been worse than COVID for you.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the the part that made it worse was like, I feel like when you get medicine, there should be like a one to five rating on the side effects. Like oh, right. sleepiness, I think, and I'm not exaggerating. I think over two days I slept 40 hours. Yeah,
0: because you would text me randomly at like 2 o'clock in the morning and then be like, oh, hey, he's up, and you'd be back to sleep within like 20
1: minutes. It's um, It was terrible. I didn't even I, – I stopped taking the medicine the last day. I took it uh, – I had to go to – like the best way I can explain it is one time I took two Benadryl because I forgot it had the sleeping side effect, oh. and I had to go to work. So I went to work with these two Benadryl, and I could barely stay conscious. I had to get people to come over and talk to me just so that, you know – Luckily I only worked a, a mile away from where I lived at the time. That's incredible. Yeah, so so this time <laughs> I was drinking energy drinks over the weekend. <sighs> and uh yeah, still nothing. It still knocked me on my butt. Yeah. Just nothing but sleep. Wait, before we go any further into the game, I thought of something that
0: technically counts because it was a purchase. Oh. We are going to Adepticon as discussed. Or maybe not. I don't I don't know. We're going to Adepticon. Yay. Yes, absolutely. And I knocked my notepad over. Um, and we were going to stay off-site about three miles from the convention center in a quite dingy little hotel that I was not thrilled to stay at, but it was the closest thing I could find during those date ranges. And I think it was Monday morning, two days ago. I just happened to check the website, and they just happened to have a room with two beds, and we booked it. Which is awesome. Well, that means I am committed now. I have paid for one night. <laughs> 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 i have a 142 dollar charge on my credit card uh we're going yes we i don't get that money back going. um but that that's going to be amazing to be on site to not have to worry about carrying things we buy to the car or oh no it's too hot or whatever and, and melt your beautiful resin contempt or dreadnoughts or whatever you end up buying um and, just and, and if go we crash. do
1: if we do buy something we don't have to carry it with us the whole day bingo just run it to the hotel or up yeah. to the room real quick if
0: it's anything like the Chattanooga Convention Center, it's about an eight-minute trip from the floor to your room, but that's mostly just walking—you know, all the way around the convention center to get to the hotel elevators to go up. And I've
1: heard stories about a, about the Adepticon elevator line. I'm very excited, dude. I'll take
0: the stairs. Just you know,
1: <clears throat> I probably need to take the stairs.
0: We've, we both need to take the stairs, let's be honest.
1: Oh, and uh, one purchase that I, that I made recently that I forgot was the was it Eldritch Omens. Is that the name of the box?
0: Yes, you and my wife are splitting a box of Eldritch oh, Omens. And I ordered
1: the, the new chapter approved.
0: I have to find one of those. I've got the little cards with the missions, but I still need to probably buy it because I'm going to Cherokee. In, I'm going to Cherokee in three weeks, Shane.
1: You've got a, you a lot of
0: Warhammer going on. <laughs> I, I've got this to is the like, year of Dilly Warhammer. I've got to paint 30 witches, among other things, in the next... Uh, oh, my God. We should hurry this up so I can start painting. <laughs> 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 All right. All Wait, so, on. so this game that we played... Which I I remember there were some questions
1: about who won at the end, but it was a good game. I uh, I won. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if the game went to time, I lost If it went by tournament rules, I won So the We'll agree to disagree <laughs> The The Blood Angels jumped out to a lead yes, And it would have taken you to round five mm-hmm. To get the lead yes. And we called the game at the top of round four Before the round four movement phase Because we yes. ran out We had ten minutes left
0: In my defense, there was only one combat that could have happened And it wouldn't have really decided anything Other than some stuff. So, just just saying, just saying. Just okay,
1: saying. okay. It's been so long ago that we really don't have a lot of details about that yeah, game.
0: I it was hard fought, and we were really crunched for time because you had. To I want to say it was
1: three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago.
0: I think it was two and a half. No, it was the Monday, but it was, it was last Monday. No. Yeah, because it was we we played mission three three, so I could prep for it for the tournament. And ended up dropping the tournament before I played mission three three.
1: Oh, that was in between COVID and mm-hmm. the sinus infection yep. kicking my butt. Yeah, because you, you were like, Oh, it feels
0: not feel so great. And then like a day later you were down for the count and missing work again. So
1: Okay. Man. All right. I All still right. don't remember a lot about the game. Yeah. Well, we got to get better at taking pictures again.
0: Yes. And I, I had grand plans to take a ton of pictures at the tournament and I took like ten. It's <laughs> awful. I got so hyper focused. We'll yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, Now we're going to move along to our main topic, which is, I was going to be going to this tournament, so we would have both been able to talk about it, but Mm -hmm. as previously discussed, that did not happen. It wasn't in the cards, so now we get to listen to Kurt talk a whole lot, like a lot. Your immune system betrayed you.
0: Uh, It has been so great, and then it just was like, bam, bam, sickness, sickness.
1: Before we move on to the main topic. Of course. We did not talk about the cheat sheet. We glossed over it. We Glossed
0: over it for sure. Mine is somewhere here. Let me, let me find. Actually, there is a, see the horse heresy books on the shelf there? There's a manila envelope. Right before, yep, perfect. Just just throw that over here.
1: My buddy Kurt uh, found a, a spreadsheet, I would assume, on Reddit or some online forum.
0: Yes, it was a Space Marine. I think it was a Space Marine subreddit. I just was perusing, and somebody was like, cheat sheet, and somebody linked one. And it was a Black Templar cheat sheet. I wish I could give the guy credit, uh, but I did not write his username down.
1: So the there's there's a lot of cheat sheets for Warhammer. There's your there's your one page front and back or whatever that has like some common rules problems or the wound chart or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking and then there's battle scribe that you can print out. And then you can take battlescribe and load it up into pretty scribe or butt scribe to get a Yet again, more streamlined set of data cards printed out with the custom rules and loadouts of your war year options and things like that. This is also not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So this is an Excel or Google Sheets uh, sheet that prints out in probably like five or six pages. Most of the pages are your stratagems. So it's really like three reference pages and then your stratagems. What it does is... You have one page that has your main stat line for your unit. So for me, I've got a chapter master, and then it's got the one line of information that has like their uh, movement, weapon skill, ballistic skill, and then one box with shorthand for their special rules. Yes. All right, does that for every unit in the the game Mm -hmm. or in your list. Then your weapons that you have... Now it's on you to remember which units have which weapons. Well,
0: and actually what I did is I went into these profiles. And for example, for the witches, I put, if at full strength, 32 total attacks with this weapon, five attacks with this weapon, yes. four attacks with this That's weapon. That's the
1: brilliant thing about this is since it's Google Sheets, you can add or remove as much information mm-hmm. as you want.
0: And I'm going to be honest, that was an absolute game changer just to know full Incubi squad get this. And then the the captain guy gets this or this. And just because I, I had I struggled with that during our games, So Absolutely. that was the one thing I had to add. So
1: so basically what this is, is, is something that once you've played, let's say, 20 games with a list, you probably don't need this. Right. Uh, but we collect a, a few different armies. We don't always play the same army every time. And this is our first time ever sticking with a list that is mostly the same for as many games as we have played. Mm-hmm. and uh, we, we really needed, like, there's something to be said for learning a list inside and out that I just did not realize before. Like, if you don't play a list enough to learn the list itself, then you're never going to learn the game itself.
0: Right. No. Um, and I, I will say during the tournament, that was the guys that knew their stuff inside and out are the guys that just wiped the floor with me.
1: And um, and, and Which is crazy because the average Warhammer uh, collector plays 12 games a year. You can't learn this game on 12 games a year because I I... by the time you played your 12th game, you're playing a different game. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is actually one of our friend's spouse's issue with the game. She wanted to play, and she texted me before this and was like, hey, I want to give it another shot because I just told her. I was like, hey, your codex just dropped. You're not going to get another one for three to four years, and we're at least a year and a half out from an edition change. So what you learn right now is good for a year and a half. Um, and I I think she bit the bullet, so we might be adding another person to our Warhammer group, and I'm so excited. Yes, absolutely. And it is my wife's best friend, which means she's going to play a lot more 40K, which means, I I don't know what that means, but it it can't be bad. Right. Right. No, it can't be bad. no, no. it's bad for your wallet. Well, the LDR release is going to be bad for my wallet. Oh, my God.
1: So this cheat sheet on mine, I have a small enough force, because it's Blood Angels, that my... Paper's
0: really picking up, by
1: the way. What? Oh. um that the i have a I have a small enough force that the data sheets with the weapon skill and ballistic skill and yes. the weapons profiles all fit on page 1. Oh
0: wow, yeah, see just my i have so many units. My whole first page is just
1: units. Like I don't think I would like this cheat sheet in it as much if I had to have it on two separate pages for this this particular part because right. this makes this is the key reference. You see
0: I did my front back so I could at least all my units and all my weapons are on one page. And I honestly only used that during the tournament because the other rules I, I knew or I had a handwritten cheat sheet that I made the night before just to cover the weird stuff. And I think only in two games I had to pull my book out because it was a weird interaction with uh, a stratagem I just wanted to clarify the wording of before I committed to, you know, I didn't want to cheat anybody. So it yeah. took the couple minutes there.
1: Uh, another page is going to have your abilities with, like, your auras. Yeah. Um. On the Blood Angels, there's three different uh, characters in in my list that have a command phase ability they have to choose to give to a unit that's within three to six inches of them. So every command phase, I have to look at that character. I have to look at what is within range of that character to give it a a buff that stays with the character, even if it moves out of range of the character. Or stays with the... in weights. That's that's something so I'm having a hard time remembering.
0: A crazy thought. What if we tried to custom make you some tokens or something that's, to, I'm, I'm already looking into that. Okay. You have free time, dude. Learn Blender. You could probably bang this out and there's there's tutorial there's 30 minute u- tutorials on YouTube on how to make like custom to, poker chips. I need to look into chips. Blender. Yeah. And you could probably just like write something on them and we can, you know, fire those off in 20 minutes and and you have tokens. That's an excellent. Cuz I did that with my combat drugs and that was the greatest thing I've done for myself. Is is made tokens. All right, sorry, carry on. Just uh, trying to help you out.
1: Another page is a uh, force rules, which is the rules you get for having a battle-forged army. So like if you choose Blood Angels and you f- you meet the criteria of a Blood Angels army, these are the rules that you're going to get. Uh, most of them are pretty standard and it it's not the most important uh piece of information you have. But sometimes you can get some pretty interesting rules that aren't obvious to you. They so you have them to reference right here, and the, the thing is, is you're looking at like to play Blood Angels, you got to have like three to five books, depending on if you have Forge World. I mean, units that, or that's not. most
0: armies at this point. Right. I, I think it's it's five or six right now for Tyranids, which is just incredible.
1: So you know, put those in the backpack, have them sitting beside the table. To, le- to be legally allowed to use them in a tournament. Yes. And then have this six-page printout that gives you all of the detailed information that you need to use your Army. And if somebody calls you out on it, you've got the codex right there. If you want to, you can put the page numbers next to these rules um, to make it easier for you to reference if somebody's trying to call you out at a tournament. But from what I understand, that doesn't it very much as long as you are being honest with your paperwork. My core
0: book did not come out. I think I pulled out the g t twenty twenty packet one time to read the wording on the cut them down stratagem. That
1: was it didn't need it and and one of the one of the cool things about putting the sheet together is I learned a lot just from a just from assembling the sheet like the like the stratagems there's fifty something stratagems that are available to blood angels but I can easily cut out twenty of them because they have keywords for like one of them is just for terminators. I don't have any terminators. If one of them, I've got one for uh, don't need predators. Yeah, land speeders. Mm -hmm. I think is what those are called. Yes, I don't have land speeders. Fantastic unit, by the way. So I can just eliminate the stratagems that I'm not using, Uh, and so it really really helps narrow your focus down. So that when you're scrolling through, like obviously you could have a printout or the deck of cards of your stratagems, but to narrow your focus down so that you're thinking of 30 stratagems and a 50 or 20 even instead of 50. So let's say I've got narrowed down to 30. Well, once I've played a few games, I'm like, okay, so I've never used these 10 stratagems. Let's go over them and make sure I need to have that paperwork printed out or if I can just eliminate them to make it where I could be more focused when I'm playing. Right. So that's all I wanted to go over with the cheat sheet. Sure. you have anything to add? Uh,
0: not really. You know, like I said, I did my own little handmade cheat sheet. And because I've got cabals – uh, covens and the witch thing. I can't think of what they're called. You know, the, it's basically divided into three. And you know, column one is all the cabal stuff. Column two is all the witches stuff, and column three is all the coven stuff. And then at the bottom, I had the eight strategies I was probably going to use more than anything else. Um, just written out.
1: So yeah, I like, a flow chart. yeah like a flowchart. Yeah, like there's another uh, another thing to be said for like if you know that you're always going to um do this pregame move uh then you just have that on your flow chart. Like if I'm fighting anyone but I I'm just gonna pull like gray knights. If I'm fighting sure. anyone but grey knights, I'm doing this. Grey knights, however, that's bad, so I'll do this. You know, like you have a little flow chart. That's well, one heck of a
0: flow chart with tw- or flow chart with twenty eight armies. Well, no no <laughs> I I mean
1: I mean just for things that are easy to do. I'm not talking about right, right. you know no, I, the I, individual you. uh rules. But like if you're always in the in the in round one combat phase, you always use X stratagem. And you right. don't want to forget it. Like for me, I've got those command phase things. Mm-hmm. So every command phase, I need to make sure I pick those three targets or I'm making my army significantly weaker. So like now let's actually move on to the main topic instead of mm-hmm. almost moving on to it and then rewinding. Are you sure? I'm
0: sure. One more time for good measure. So this tournament was ran by the Legion events team up in Lebanon, Tennessee um fantastic crew. I I don't think I met anybody there that wasn't just awesome. Um and I think as soon as I got there, uh it was a little intimidating just because I was new. It's my first tournament. I've literally not met anybody there. And I'm just kind of hanging out. I found a table. There were probably 20 tables set up. It was your standard folding table and they had a piece of two pieces of wood cut to fit the mat. Um and so there's probably A third of your standard six or eight foot folding table just kind of open so I set my stuff down and was just kind of hanging out playing on my phone you know looking over the missions just kind of prep while everybody was kind of coming in and and hanging out and the first thing that happened is is there's a kid named Roland and if anybody's listening that seem or seen war games live on YouTube he played in early December on stream and I was like oh that's so cool like a kid playing he just came over and said, hey, and I ended up talking to him for like 20 minutes. Very cool dude. And to be 14 and playing at the level he's playing at is just incredible. He plays third. Uh, oddly enough, the RTT, it was uh, Custodes, 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 and he, he was third place. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Like, kid, kid knows his stuff, and he's playing a fantastic army. I think he said he had 14 models in the army, which wow, easy to transport. He lost one of his games because he wasn't fully painted. So he probably would have placed higher and won it had he had those extra 10 points. So I thought that was really cool. But it was just kind of neat because the number one Demons player two years running uh, in the ITC was at this event playing a, a killer list. It was two units of 20 um, corn... Uh, what are they Berserkers. called? No, no, not Berserkers. Uh, blood Letters. Blood Letters. So he had two Blood Letter Bombs, had a... a th- 20- or 30-man unit of plague bearers, uh, the whole world. I mean, it was every every demon army uh, led by your boy Bellacor. And even he even got a shout-out on the Thursday show last week, uh, which I thought was just really cool. So he,
1: he was playing the army of renown for Bellacor, which you have to pick one of each faction before you can pick another of that faction. So you have Uh-oh. to go through the chaos gods like Round Robin.
0: Sure. Okay. So that, yeah, so but he got a shout out because you know even even Adam Keller was like whoa this this is gonna be a crazy good luck to anybody playing him and Drakari's Thick City actually beat him out barely but I got to watch a little bit of that game before I left so that was that was kind of cool. That's awesome. Yes, but as far as getting into the tournament goes, I played Sisters round one. Um, uh, so my first game was against a guy named Jeff. I could not tell you what they were specifically. I don't have the list pulled up in front of me. Uh, but he was a great opponent. I think he knew I had some jitters. <laughs> first tournament, first time really playing outside of my meta against a total stranger. Um, it was it was a bloodbath. I made a ton of bad decisions, and and I will say this tournament was on GW style terrain using the GW open mission pack terrain. Uh, so there were some pretty big firing lines open, and not a lot of places to really hide and cover. Um, and this particular opponent finished in the top third. Yes, he, he did fantastic. I think he was just a handful of battle points out of the top eight. He placed 10th.
1: Yeah, this uh, We had two days for this. The first day was a GT with the well, top eight going on the second
0: day. Right. The grand plan was to be a, a full-blown major. Uh, not enough people showed up, so they decided day two would be an RTT for everybody left over. Uh, Which, you know, it worked out. I still got my games in.
1: Just wanted to clarify that as we go through the games. So the first three games are GT games, and then the second two are the RTT games for day two. Right, right.
0: Um, So round one, top of one, he blows up my Ravager, which explodes and does, you know, five mortal wounds to my squad of witches and kills half of them. It does three or four mortal wounds to my succubus and nearly kills her. It almost blows up a Venom. It almost, you know, blew up my other Venom. It was just, you know, I was trying to hide everything, and he just happened to get in there, and, you know... And then I,
1: you had done Lucky Roll for the explosion.
0: Right, you know, how many melt shots did it take? Well, I, I think he shot an entire Repentia squad into them. I, I don't know Sisters that well. But it was the Heavy Weapon Sisters. They unloaded into that Ravager, and it was just every bad roll I could make. I rolled great if I was shooting. Didn't roll great for my mortal wounds on the explosion. <laughs> So that kind of set the tone for the battle. That kind of shook me a little bit. I was like, ah, oh, but you know, he was he was a great dude. Beautifully painted army. I'll I'll be posting pictures as I talk about these on YouTube. If you're watching it there, um, if not, you should go check it out. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. He beat me ninety five to twenty one. Just you know, shot all my shooting stuff off the table round one basically, and trying to get in melee did not go well for me.
1: So, one of the things that I've been looking into is. Uh... Obviously, scoring. There's, they scoring your primary, scoring your secondary. There's denying your opponent, all that kind of stuff. So, I would assume primary focus before you realize you're going to get your shit pushed in was to try to hold more. I would assume, right? Okay. not always a plan. What is? But it depends on what you're going for. Did you? Like sometimes you can people will give up the primary thinking that they'll outlast the opponent and come back and get it at the end and catch up.
0: I I think nerves really got me this game because I just I wasn't really thinking about secondaries. I took what I knew, which was banners, herd the prey, and bring it down because he had a a bunch of vehicles. At the end of the day, he had a bunch of the uh, the guy strapped into the what is basically a dreadnought. I killed three of them, which or actually I, I think I killed about five of them, which gave me a quarter of my points. But again, all nerves, calm down. You know, we talked through it. And then I actually had time. I think I had about an hour because the game was over quick. He basically tabled me. and We said, you know what, let's just talk this out and kind of kind of figure it out so we didn't have to sit there and just roll dice because I was down to a couple of units. Um, gave me time to kind of prep and look at the mission and, and think about what I wanted to do for the next game. Um, so game two was against Nick Smith. Fantastic guy. He had also lost his first game, hence our pairing. Um, I think when I walked up to him, he played... And I don't know Guard that well, but I believe it was two Manticores, three Tank Commanders, and Lehman Russes, and then three Lam- Lehman Russes, and probably 60 Infantry guys. I don't know exactly what he was playing as far as the, uh, not chapter tactic, but the Guard, you know, Kachans, or yeah. whatever. He was good. And boy, Lehman Russes hurt uh, when you have Toughness 3. I, I didn't realize I imagine this. so. They all get 2d6 shots, and with the Orders, he could reroll one of those if he chose to. So most of the time he'd get a five and a six. And, you know, if it was anything less than a three, he re-rolled it and probably got a five and a six. So it was generally ten strength, ten shots into whatever he could see. And, the, again, the firing lines were just incredible. But this guy was great. I walked up and he was like, look, if you've not played guard, you don't know what you're walking into, you're probably going to lose this. So let's let this be a learning game for you. <laughs>
1: um, and he was
0: right. He, he stopped me. I got 39 points out of this, which I think I gave him a pretty good run for his money. It was the... I can't you, you get a bunch of bonus points if you hold the middle and the opponent's you know objective that they have in their deployment zone so the whole mission you know round one he ran out and grabbed it round two I shot his stuff off and grabbed it Round three he shot my stuff off and grabbed it and we just we fought for that the whole time so that's where I got a lot of my points and because he was guard I actually scored really well on heard the prey which again I know that secondary so I, I took it a lot uh, actually I took it every game and I probably shouldn't have knowing, some of the armies I was going to face going forward. But against Scar that was fantastic because so he, did, he didn't really leave his zone or I could at least get him out in my turn um, and, and kind of maximize those points. But he, you know, I would say, all right, cool, I'm going to do this. And he's like, well, hold on, you've got this stratagem. Or have you considered this? Or, hey, if you charge in and fight and kill them, don't forget, you get that extra move and, and things like that. So he really helped me kind of think bigger picture, two or three turns ahead on things that I hadn't considered. My bet is he's probably played a lot of Dracari.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this year, definitely. Yeah. Astra Militarium has like a 34% win rate overall this year. Well, are the I, bottom I, of the barrel.
0: I don't know, you know, when that Lehman Russ buff happened, but they got moved to a 2-plus uh, save. Yeah, he's, I think he had that then. Yeah, well, he had that, and he had, you know, six of them, and most of them were re-rolling or advancing or whatever, and those Manticores don't need line of sight so anything his mantic or his his lead man wrestlers didn't kill or anything he wanted off an objective being Drakari you know, toughest three basically across the board, he just pointed at it and basically picked up a unit a turn with those. um
1: and and i bring up that 34% win, win rate not to to like throw some shade, but more about talking about the skill of the player instead of the army, like something that was uplifting for me to find out Right. was the ADMEC army it got nerfed into the ground. That's what Richard Siegler won all of the uh, GW Opens playing. He he, played, he went back and forth between that and, I guess, Dracari, I would imagine. But the ADMEC have a 44% win rate if you exclude Richard Siegler from it. And huh. so that lets you know right there that the skill right. of the player is Younger more 50. important than any game rules imbalances. Right. And this guy that you play, this Astro Militarum guy, he finished well in the in the GT finished 17th right i mean middle of the pack so it's yeah. not bad and that's with the worst army like statistically the worst army in the game
0: also he had a buddy that drove 8 hours from somewhere To just hang out and see if he was interested in 40K. So uh, some of our game two was like explaining what we're doing to him, which was kind of neat because we're kind of like, all right, hey, so check this out. (laughs) That's awesome. These guys are going to deep strike in and shoot. I'm going to try to charge. And So
1: even at the Warhammer tournament, you've still got the recruiting turned on. Yeah. That's awesome. man.
0: it was was fun. But yeah, Nick Nick was fantastic. And even throughout, you know, after we played our game, he'd come over like middle of game three, like, hey, man, how's it going? How you doing? You know, how's this going? And even day two. You know, he saw I playing the orc speedball for game four and was like, Oh, oh man, don't forget this. Try this. Watch out for this. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So he was he was kind of like a mentor to me. It's so very cool. And he I think he subscribed to the podcast. Um that's... and and also uh a note here, I was able to use the brand new Webway radio uh, objective markers you got me on Monday when we played our game. Yep. I got to use them for every game on day one. So anybody that took a picture of our table. Might have our logo out there, so That's maybe, awesome. maybe we'll get some hits from it. We'll see. Uh, but no, he was he was great. Um, game three uh, was against a guy named John Morale playing. It was listed as Ultramarines, but he was playing the uh, uh, the Marines that were in the Badab War books. And as soon as he said the name, I was like, oh, because I, I recognized them from reading those books years and years ago. They were they were white. He had done all of, I thought they were like a white scar, you know, like you know, blue scars. I thought they were blue, white, yeah. So I gotcha. But uh, he had some cool chapter tactics. One of the things his army had was the uh, ignore inv- or ignore mortals on a five plus, and you know us, we we'd like to deal our mortal wounds. Yes, so you do. He, he bounced a lot of damage off with that. It was an awesome painted army. I took a bunch of pictures. He was Space Marines. I knew that army very well, as you know. I've played Space Wolves. I've played Raven Guard up until I switched to Dakari about six months ago. Um, so I actually beat him 90, 90, 91 to 36. He, he had a lot of heavy intercessors. He had a lot of blade guard. He had a lot of just intercessors, things like that. Played very cagey, very defensively, um, which really made me work for it. He had a giant Redemptor Dreadnought in the back with two of the plasma guns. I don't know what they're called, but I knew they could hurt me. So I basically pumped everything into that turn one.
1: And I don't think we've said it, or we may have in a previous episode, but mm-hmm. we haven't played a lot of different factions. Right. And and, and one we're things... typically, in our group, we're the ones showing other people how to play. Yes. And our knowledge of the game. Very limited. Very I, limited. I learned. Yeah, so in we're the ones started, that are teaching in our social circle. We're going right. to the tournaments, and we haven't played, like, there's Uh-oh. 28 <laughs> factions, I guess. And right. then each each one of these factions has those sub chapters like the Covens and, sure. and and uh successor chapters and all this kind of stuff. Like there's like a hundred combinations, but like twenty something main ones, right? And right. there's we've probably faced four or five of them.
0: And and I, I kind of preface with all of my opponents like, hey, my meta is my wife and my buddy Shane. And <laughs> I play Eldar, I play Black Legion, and I play against Blood Angels. Um and that's really the extent of what I know. So every army I face except for the Space Marines was a new challenge for me, um, and I think knowing Space Marines the way I do, John John was very new to the game. He told me, started the game, "Hey man, this might be my fourth game of Ninth Edition." Um, so just kind of like Nick, kind of mentored me. I mentored him. That's awesome. <laughs> so so it'd be like, "Hey man, don't forget like these guys. Your Eradicators didn't move, or they're all focusing on one guy, so they all get to shoot twice." Um, unfortunately, he rolled just terribly. Um, and they didn't do anything, but, but I tried to do that for him. Like, Hey, don't forget, you've got this stratagem or this or or whatever. Um, but he did tell me about halfway through the game. He's like, you're the most fun opponent I've had all weekend, which made me feel really good because we were just hanging out and having a good time. Yeah. I was beating him very badly, but he was a great sport and I wasn't trying to rub it in. It was just like, Oh man, like, you know, I, I was able to set things up and pull things off. I haven't done before, which was really cool. Uh, but he he was another great opponent. I'd I'd gladly play any of these three guys again. They were they were fantastic.
1: All right, a, so a this, big
0: win to uh, to cap my day.
1: So that's the the conclusion of day one. Yes. Now, when you were thinking about this that night before you were going into day two, <laughs> what was your conclusion on your experience that, that thus far into your first tournament? Um, well, I took some
0: notes. So first and foremost, game one and game two, I used almost no CP just because I think it was nerves and kind of in the zone and trying to focus. And, you know, we don't use a lot here just because we're having a good time and talking and chatting. And it's and because whatever. we're terrible. Right. <laughs> um, so that was a big thing for me. And I remembered game three. I don't know why, but it was like, oh, it was like I was remembering all my stratagems. I felt like Charlie Day in front of the chalkboard and everything was like, Rah! and I just felt like I pulled out all the cool stuff. So that was one thing. Don't forget about your command points. Crazy. I know. <laughs> um I I learned, too, that people have played a lot of Dracari for the most part, and they'll know exactly what to shoot first. Um, So be a little bit better about hiding your things. Like my Ravager basically got blown up every game, or uh, first turn, top of turn one, you know, game one, game two. He tried to kill it game three, but unfortunately his Dreadnought had taken so much damage. I think he's hitting on five or sixes, and it just, poor guy didn't roll well. Uh, which was my intent. How
1: many of your games uh, did you get to go first?
0: Two. Uh, game three and game five. Okay. which you know I learned after game one like, oh, oh, I gotta hide myself a little bit better because things can shoot far, unlike me, and things can move fast like me. because I'm used to playing Eldar and you know my wife's a little cagey with how she plays. She doesn't really like to advance up. And I know with your your blood angels, you're quick, but you kind of hold back a little bit too we're both kind of feeling out and just kind of burning turn one to get in position. And I just wasn't used to people running up and just whacking me in the face like they did. Crazy. Right, so people know how to play and they know, and they play enough to know most of the armies. And again, Dark Eldar is kind of the big bad guy right now in the room.
1: Everybody's at least heard of how to play them. So. All right. So let me interject some questions in here before we get started oh, on day two. Ooh,
0: a little interview in our little interview, huh?
1: All right. So it's, it sounds like uh, sportsmanship for the tournament culture was better than expected, like the yes. win at all costs, the attitude problems, arguments, did not seem like it was a big deal?
0: Um, I don't know about win at all costs, just because I played, like, the last bottom five tables every game I played. You know, part of losing your first two. Um,
1: well, one of the guys you played did finish uh, fifth, I think. Yes, right? Matt something. I can't think of his yeah, We haven't game. got to that
0: game yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he did great. Uh, he was a good guy. He was, I don't want to say my least favorite, um, but that was a weird army, and we'll, we'll get to that in Game 5. But everybody that I played, I had an absolute blast with. I know a couple of the guys on the top tables. Um, it was a, a lot more competitive over there because at the end of the day, those guys were getting the big ITC points and stuff. Um, and I think the end game was the Super Demons player versus Thick City, and Thick City ended up winning out on that, that particular game. Um. so I, I you know it's probably more much more competitive there but I let everybody know at the start of the game like hey I'm not here to win this thing I'm just hanging out and learning how to play against other armies and having a good time so you know talk to me if you have things to suggest vice versa let me know and and that's just how I played it I wasn't trying to win it I wasn't trying to be an asshole Um, just having a good time yeah, in trying to get ice. that experience exactly
1: okay you know, so most tournaments have a time limit for your games between two and a half hours and three hours. And yes. me and you, we've practiced this quite a bit. We've not done it yet. Um, it seems like we always get to the end of round three, and at the end of round three, we are very short on time. Yes. And so sometimes we try to rush through round four and talk out round five, and sometimes we just mm-hmm. call it right there. Yep. I don't think we've ever gotten more than halfway through round four if we were gonna stick by the clock. Probably not. Um and that's with trying to go faster. Sure. Uh, so the way that I understand the games from the streams I've watched and stuff, half of the game is round one. And then the, re- the second half of the game is the four remaining rounds. Because you kill so much stuff in the first two rounds that the game just speeds up because there's not as much dice to roll.
0: It definitely helps. Um, I will say I, I try to take notes on some of the games. Like
1: So when you so this particular tournament had two hours and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Most tournaments are between two hours and 30 and three hours. So this yes. is right in the middle. Um With the two hour and 45 minutes, that is not from the start of deployment. That is from getting to the table. Is that correct?
0: You get 15 minutes. And generally, this place was so small. It was maybe uh, 4,000 square feet. I don't know. So you could literally throw a rock and hit the other side. So getting to the table wasn't really an issue so much. And as games finished, like, oh, you know, as soon as the pairings go up, you just kind of walk over and you just start talking about your army while you're kind of measuring out and putting your objective markers and it wasn't. It wasn't near the issue I thought that was going to be. Now at LVO or Cherokee or Depticon, when you're in a you know 80,000 square foot place and you've got to go find table 107 or 302, that's probably going to be a little more problematic because you literally have to pick up all your stuff and run. Um, all I had to carry was my FLG carrying tray thing and my backpack. And I think as the game was kind of wrapping up, I'd start kind of gathering my dice and because my stuff's magnetic as, as I would lose my models or pull units right back in the tray, ready to go. So all I really had to do was just take what was left on the table at the end of the game and just stick it on there and pick it up and go and, and, you know, put my books and my cheat sheets back in my little folder and, and I'm off.
1: So the, so the players were expected to have their own objective markers. About
0: half did. Uh, like I said, I got to use all of, I got to use all my stuff. Right. So like, first day.
1: F- for instance, that's something that's, obvious now that you mention it Mm -hmm. but from watching tournaments you know when you watch the big tournaments right they have their own branded objective markers on the stream because those are the stream tables right of course yeah
0: so basically game one i i got tabled game two it was to the point to where it was probably middle of turn four and it was pretty clear like i i wasn't going to win this i didn't have the stuff to take the objectives i couldn't really do anything about the tanks So we just talked it out because it was clearly like there's no way I was going to win that. And then game three, it was kind of the same way. He had about five models left on the table, Marines, not a lot he could really do. Uh, So we shook hands and just calculated out like, all right, cool. I would score this and this and this and you score this and this. And none of them came down to the wire. None of them came down to the clock. Um, It was either a kind of a soft concession or a hard like you have three models left. What are we doing here? There wasn't any, like, we got
1: 10 minutes, we got to start talking,
0: uh, from what I remember. It was a very clear, like, Ooh. Um,
1: All right, so <clears throat> the first round was 9.30, so that means it ended at 12.30. 12.
0: 11.45. No, it started at 9, I'm sorry. Oh, so nine. it must have been a half hour of just kind of talking and, and figuring okay. that out. And, okay. and my notes, according to this, round one started at 9.30, uh, round two started at ten nineteen, and round three started at eleven o two.
1: It's so weird. What do you mean? I mean 02, 19. Mm. You know, like you think. Oh yeah. yeah since yeah. there's a hard clock, you know that it would be.
0: Well, with with the lunch hour being right after round one, nobody was really in a hurry because they catered in pizza. So it was just kind of like, all right, cool. There's you know sixty boxes of pizza there. Like, let's you wanna you wanna just do another round and see how it go. And so most people went about ten over or twenty over. Um, if it was really close, but again, I I was tabled basically. I had a couple of models left. There wasn't really, so I was like, "All right, yeah, let's let's get lunch." Got uh, you, got you.
1: Was there alcohol?
0: Not officially. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the time thing was the the thing that I was most uh, curious about because we have such a hard time beating the clock here. Again, at the top tables, one of those tables played through lunch.
0: And it, it, because at the end of the day, I think it was both guys probably had a really good chance of being in the running and then neither one of them really wanted to like shake hands at the end of three, And I, I don't get it or I, I don't blame them at all.
1: Right, I mean, the clock is the clock.
0: Right. But with the lunch hour, like, I guess it was kind of like, kind of not cool. loose. I, I, you know, yeah. not my tournament, man.
1: Um, okay. So, uh, out of the armies that you saw, not necessarily the ones you played, right. Um, how many do you think were painted? How many of them didn't care? Like, when I say minimum requirements, I mean, how many of them just spit some paint on there, three different colors, so that they could call it done? Very few. Um, and there, and this,
0: there was not a paint requirement for this particular tournament. You just didn't get your 10 points. And I know Roland, the uh, the kid I was talking about earlier, he, he lost a game, round one or round two, because of painting. He literally was, like, seven points shy of winning it, and it came down to his paint score. Had he had another color on those custodies. You know, he would have had a win in the first round. So, um, it, it you know, it did come down at the end.
1: So most most people were representative of what you would want in a tournament.
0: Yes, and and this was, you know, it wasn't like a hard event um, at the end of the day. It was a lot of these guys go to this tournament or this place every month and play. So they all know each other, and they're trying stuff out. Custodies just dropped, so I don't blame somebody for not having an army painted when the book literally came out. Seven days prior to the tournament. Right, right. So they were gold. They were based. You know, all right, cool. You're trying it out. You're seeing what you like before you put a bunch of time into putting some colors on there. I, I get it. Okay. What, else,
1: what else you got? All right. So <laughs> do you see yourself as a tournament player now? Or are you going to go back to the casual? Like yes, how I How much know. did
0: you love it? I guess that's what I'm asking. Well, let me put it like this. Uh, we've been registered for Cherokee, and this was just like, I want to get some games in before I go up there and spend all the money in the hotel and everything. Since then, I have registered for their April tournament. I have registered for the championships at Adepticon. <laughs> 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 Not that I plan on winning it, but I just I want to play. I I, right. I really like it. The The idea of getting six games
1: in in a weekend is just crazy to me. And, and apparently, it wasn't <laughs> that exhausting. Like, it was exhausting, but we're going to get to that it here was. in just we'll, a second. We'll get but, to that. But... It wasn't exhausting enough to leave a bad taste in your mouth.
0: No, and I, and I will say, I had a brand new pair of shoes that had the most amazing soles. Like, I, I took them to work Friday because my shoes were wet, and UBS had delivered these, took them to work, put them on, and I made a noise that was something like, oh, when I took my first step and my coworker was like, what the hell was that? Um, and I was like, no, these shoes are amazing, and I think that's what got me through. If I had worn my daily driver shoes, I'd be in a world of hurt.
1: One of the things I was concerned about with you would, was the blood sugar, if, if that was going to be able to be stable through the whole day yes, or not. So or? It,
0: when I'm doing stuff like this, type 1 diabetic, for those that didn't hear episode 1, um, you probably heard my pump earlier going crazy. I've muted it now. Um, day 1 was a little rough just because, you know, I, I got off schedule. If I eat anything for breakfast, I usually spike really, really high, so... I had given a little extra in the morning and actually was crashing at the start of round one. Uh, not bad, but I could feel it kind of going low. So I drank half a sundrop and ate like a pack of crackers and, and I was good. But day two, day two was kind of a struggle. I generally don't eat breakfast and I did this morning, but it was just like eggs and bacon at the hotel. Which, But I made a point just all day, you know, watch it like a hawk, pre-dose. If I see I was going up, I'd try to, so I, I was perfectly level all day. And granted, there was a pack of crackers here and there. I didn't eat the donuts for breakfast. I didn't eat the pizza at lunch. I didn't pound like four Mountain Dews like a lot of the guys. I just ate what I kind of needed, bare minimums.
1: All right. So uh, nine hours of 40K on day one, six hours of 40K on day two. Yes. What was your experience staying focused and all that? Like, it seems like you actually got more relaxed on day one. Yes, started remembering your stratagems and stuff, so it was more about the nerves of your first tournament. I think, and it was total strangers.
0: I knew nobody else in that building other than, like, the TO that I was messaging about, you know, what's legal, what's not as far as proxies go. I didn't know anybody. And, yeah, I, I definitely got more comfortable. You kind of talk to the same people, like, oh, hey, man, how'd you do? Or people would come over and watch your game, and you just chat with them while your opponent's rolling his dice or something. It was It was so much fun. And I definitely feel more comfortable. I, I'm awful with names, as I'm sure you know, because I literally have them written down in front of me I wouldn't know any of my opponent's names. Day one... I was so ready. I think I left there and called you. I was like, "Oh my god, after all about it and you were sleeping, so you you didn't really listen." <laughs> <laughs> I was I was really over-medicated. Yeah, well, yeah, you were. You and at that depressed. point I hadn't realized what the problem was. Sure. So because you were busy, um I ended up talking to my wife for like an hour and a half and just, you know, <laughs> it was it was fun. Day 2 was a little different story. Started off great. You know, had a big win in round Four, big loss in round five. But in the middle of five, you know, like if you've had a couple too many to drink and maybe you're trying to remember that song and you're like hurting your brain trying to think really, really hard about what that song is. That's yes. kind of how I felt at the end of five. Like I was I was literally looking at the cheat sheet that we made and just not able to pick out the unit that I needed because it was just like, oh, couldn't couldn't think, couldn't remember numbers or stat lines or saves and after five I just went to the TO I was like hey man I I gotta go I can't I can't think straight I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it home at this point um so definitely uh, something to prepare for
1: the LVO you know they played uh 10 games over Mm -hmm. three days if you got in the shadow round two of them did (laughs) that's uh (laughs) too much that's rough too much yeah um and I and you know I of course, that is almost a thousand tournament, thousand person, seven hundred sixty eight or something. Yeah, I think they had a lot drop just due to COVID and the mass oh, restriction they always made a lot
0: of people very upset. So, what do you do?
1: All right, so those are all my questions. However, you did list a few uh, a few takeaways from the from the tournament. Uh, you needed a cart, stratagems, yes. and a laminated scoring sheet. So, round one, Jeff, I believe it was the name. Yes, yes, Jeff had
0: a laminated scoring sheet and dry or whatever dry erase markers. And so it was super great. I just assumed, like, oh, man, I'm only a person doesn't have this. I think he was the only person that had that, and it was amazing because he could just take his marker and Dot got that secondary. Dot got that secondary. Dot got that primary, and he had mine too, so it was great. And in my other games, as you can probably see on my little sheet here, it's literally just me marking, you know, who got what in the round and hoping my math was right, and I got everything correct um, because... It was it was bad, um, so I'm definitely gonna laminate one of those and take some markers and just be able to quickly like wipe it off at the end of the game and set it up for the next one, just so it's clear on the board who's got what, and I don't have to keep passing my little notepad to everybody. Because if I didn't have this notepad, I don't know what I would have done.
1: In the stratagems, um, I feel like that part is going to be a lot easier after we get more familiar with our armies. So. And
0: I, I think it just it's more reps. You know, ten games to learn your army, probably twenty games to really start mastering it. I probably had ten reps in going in.
1: I think the 10 reps to learn your army is probably 10 reps for someone who's already mastered the game. Probably.
0: I I learned a lot, and a lot of it was very technical things. I suddenly can see the benefit of doing that consolidation move after combat because now suddenly it's super important because, you know, we play the same style game just about every time. We know what we're going to do. We know what others going to do. We know how to beat my wife. Um, She knows how we play, so we kind of prep for that. Um, no,
1: no. To be fair, she also beats to us. Be fair. Oh yeah, huh. yeah. Give I, uh, her another
0: two weeks, and we're not going to win against her for nine months, right? <laughs> uh, with that new Eldar book coming out, um, but yeah. So a lot of it was like, oh man, and and again, Nick helped me tremendously. Be like, hey, you know, assault these guys. You're going to decimate them. But after you do your seven inch charge, and then get your three inch move, that's two movements right there. That's two turns of movement done. And it was just like light bulb, things that we don't think about because we're not that technically savvy with the yeah. game,
1: I guess. So there, I learned a lot. and you, I, you always learn so much more playing someone who's better than you. Yes. And always. Even,
0: even for you, I know you know your Chaos Space Marines very well. I would almost recommend you take them and just see how you play against five different armies you've never played before instead of trying to figure out the Blood Angels while you're there. That might be your better play. If, if we were going tomorrow or this weekend, I would I would urge you to take Black Legion.
1: thing with my Black Legion is all my Black Legion collection is just random stuff. None of it's like very effective.
0: That's a couple of the armies I played. That's what I took. I, I won two games. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to make a misplay.
1: You know, that one um, wound is going to make me much yes, more fragile.
0: But I think because not a lot of people play them, not a lot of people know what the, that stuff does. Um, which... Could you know nobody really plays poison tongue? So nobody expected some of the, the sneaky things that I could do because um, everybody's used to thick city and that's all they've seen and heard of. So when I showed up with you know one talos and three gr- grotesques instead of nine to 12 of them, it's like, oh, oh, you're not playing that list. I had that told to me multiple times, and actually, I had somebody else, I had a couple people walk up and be like, wow, you painted your army. <laughs> because right now a lot of people are just, you know, three base coats and calling it done on their Drakari because it's it's twelve Talos and or Kronos or whatever. And that's that's all they're doing. So to see somebody I guess that put some time in was just like whoa which made me feel really good. I didn't win yes. the Best Painted. But the guy right. that did looked amazing. I'll show you those pictures after that.
1: Okay. The fact. And so about this cart. So you think that was that crucial of a thing to have? Your little, to like, have. on wheels cart, like a teacher would roll through the hallway kind of thing? Did I show you the picture of it? I mean, I've seen a lot of them. No, I would no, assume I'll, so.
0: I'll show you this specific one. because oh, this this one, cart. Yes. And almost... I'd say half the people there had this card.
1: Well, now we are ready for you to go to your day two. So let's talk
0: game four. This was really, really exciting because when I walked up, or when the pairings happened, as I'm walking to the table, you had already seen the pairing. I was like, oh shit, you're playing the speed wall. <laughs> <laughs> so I checked my phone and I look at who I'm playing. I was like, oh, oh no. I've, I've read about this list. <laughs> he had no infantry. My poison shots did nothing. Wounds on a six and he still gets his full save. Not pretty. So I was... I was really scared walking in. Of course, we know Jonathan, who is a orc player and knows the orcs very, very well. Day four, uh, playing the speedball, David, Olivia, I believe. Now,
1: day four is the 28-person RTT that had 23 people completed.
0: Yes, and I, I was one of the ones that dropped. Uh, Nick dropped because um, ex- I, I think. And um, this
1: this uh, particular opponent finished 14th in the uh, RTT. Yes,
0: I think one of his first games on day one was actually the thick city list. So. But like me, he was he was still kind of learning the mechanics of the game. He had been playing for a year or so, I think. So he wasn't, you know, super competitive focused.
1: And I don't know what the walk list is per se. I know it has a lot of vehicles, but and, and what caught of me off on this is that there's a lot of helicopters in this. defcopters. Yeah, there's like um, 10 of them.
0: So what saved me and honestly probably won me the game is he made the decision to deep strike them instead of start them on the table. And he forgot about them round two, and I forgot about them round two because you know I've been trying to help you. Oh, hey, don't forget this, because they were on We, the,
1: we always they were on a tray on
0: his cart, out of sight, out of oh. mine. We both forgot about him, and it was like middle of my turnaround two. He was just like, oh no, um, and had they come in, he probably would have wiped out because he had two units of six or seven. They would have shot. Whatever I had off the board, or charged and killed whatever I had. Now, he was
1: able to put them in round three, right? He put them in round three,
0: okay. and they, they did some work, but I was able to... What's their movement? 20.
1: Yeah. That's a lot.
0: But my Helions were able to do the uh, eviscerating flyby on two units at once. So, on vehicles, on five ups, it just de- dealt mortals, so I think I killed two or three of them. And against him, I actually took Bring It Down, which is every vehicle I kill I like get a point which turned out to be very good because I I scored seven. Um, Killed a couple of buggies, killed a couple of helicopters. Towards the end of the game, I kind of... I was maxing out my primary
1: every time, except the very last one, he killed a few things, so I didn't get it fully. I I just realized this, but uh, the two wins you had, you nearly maxed your score, 90 and 91. Some of the stuff I take, you can't get full, whatever. Like, banners is hard
0: because if you don't just keep accumulating... He burnt a banner down, which means I have to kind of start over, and you don't get it. So, yeah, round two and three, I maxed primary because I just got out there and I held those objectives. Knowing how my last games went, I literally scored as many points in the first two just off primary or per first three rounds off primary than I did my previous two games. So I felt like I was on top of the world. Heard the prey because I was able to hold him back. I scored four points every single round, which, again, maxed it out at the end for me. Got super lucky. Heard the Prey did not do well for me in my other games. Um, I raised banners. Uh, I got one point, two points, four points, because he burned a couple down, three and three. So I only got 13 there. And again, bring it down, I I did. Uh, I got seven, which didn't really matter because everything else was so high.
1: This next game is... Uh... Hold on, we're, we're not oh, done. This, this was an interesting Sorry. game. This
0: Sorry. this was one that I I really... It was hard fought. The witches got into combat, which rarely do they make it to combat and against his war boss they fought last
1: oh this this was your closest scoring game of the of well, the and, week and
0: actually it should have been 10 points closer because he didn't get 10 points because he wasn't painted
1: oh so it was really 90 fully, to
0: 80 it was 90 80 had he been painted so yeah. it was it literally came down to he had killed all of my infantry but i was just so far ahead because the last last round he he started maxing everything or in, in turn 5 rather he he maxed everything but it just wasn't enough but we started doing the tally and I was like oh oh no he might have me here but it was it was fun this might have been the f- favorite game that I played because it was both of us just throwing everything we had at it and you know came down to the last couple of rolls
1: all right so game 5 Matt. um this was your strongest opponent yes. you finished 5th in the the RTT that the 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 RTT which is what you played him in Mm-hmm. But in the GT, he finished ninth, just barely outside the top eight.
0: Right. This guy was
1: so close. I almost didn't have to play him, which could have swung everything. And
0: I might have played six games had he not beat me so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Matt was, was a good opponent. He knew his army very well. They were painted awesome. He had two of the kill rigs that you may have heard a lot about. They're characters, they're psychers, they're super shooty tanks, and they could really shred you in melee on top. And they're open-top
1: vehicles. And
0: Granted, he had pistols in them, so he didn't even bother shooting them because orcs pistols. Maybe one wouldn't go through. i make the save. Everybody's happy. Man, those things hurt. I took Assassinate, which probably wasn't the greatest of choices considering two of his characters were kill rigs. One was very well hidden, and the other one, I, I killed two. Just poor secondary choices on my part. Partly because I didn't want to try anything new, knowing these secondaries will never be used again because we're all moving to GT 2021. That was just... 2022, 2022, it? yes. But I didn't really want to, you know, try to figure out something else that I didn't know. So that's why I took the same three basically all all weekend. Um, it just kind of went with what I, I knew. Um, which, this is the only game that really kind of bit me in the butt. It was a crazy game. I don't know what it was that got me. It might have been the Mega Knobs. It, it's the almost dreadnought looking orcs not the killer cans but i'm not sure but man those those four heavy flamers he killed anything he shot at he killed i think at the end of three we kind of just shook hands like man i've got i've got an archon and four Cabalite warriors left like this is yours you know do what you can to max everything out and that's what he did
1: and this is your game that had the most friction between the players right like I wouldn't even say it was for friction.
0: Q. It was just, you know, some things were maybe nudged into other things that shouldn't have been. So a unit or two may have been trapped into combat when they technically weren't supposed to be. Uh, but being my first tournament, I didn't want to make a big stink or call a judge or anything. You know, I'm just starting to have fun. But about halfway through this game is when the mental exhaustion started hitting me. So at that point, I I really didn't care. It was just get through this game. You know, my wife's like, are you coming home when you're going to be home? Are you are you playing game six? I'm like, well, if I win, I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> if I lose, I'll be home in two hours. <laughs> um, so, um, but no, I, I don't really necessarily fault him. It was just, I think I was tired. I know he was tired because he came from Alabama. He came up Friday night, you know, stay with a bunch, of, I think five or six guys from
1: Florence came up. Yeah, they were the Shoals area or something, something was the name of yeah, the team. Yeah.
0: Uh, Muscle Shoals, Florence, right there yep. next to— a river separates them. Hard hard fought. Didn't go the way I wanted to, obviously. But the Witches, again, once they're in melee, they got that 4-plus invuln, and it is just hard to move them.
1: So, technically, if we played Monday, and then you played five games over the weekend— it's Six games in a week. Six games in a week.
0: What's your previous record like, two? Maybe when we were doing our Crusade and super jazzed about it when ninth dropped. Maybe. So I've played more 40K in the last— seventy two 96 hours that i've played in a good six to eight months i think quality games you know i mean me and george would throw down and just play turn one just to practice or something and me and you will we'll play little things or try stuff out
1: yeah but we don't know what we're doing when you go in here you yes. learn so much more you can i, I can't wait i mm-hmm.
0: cannot wait oh yeah yeah um and actually game four david olivia he was so impressed with my cheese he's like man can you send that to me So I sent that to him last night, you know, found mine and shared it to him. I was like, hey, this is what I tweaked. This is how you do this. And I feel like I made, you know, maybe not friends, but some really good acquaintances, people that I definitely recognize. And if I see them again, I'll go talk to them. I think a lot of these guys, and there was a gal too, are going to Cherokee. So I I fully intend to see almost everybody I played or played with or saw or hung out with at Cherokee in a couple of weeks.
1: That's this episode of Webway Radio. Thanks for joining us. Uh, What is our contact information?
0: You can find us anywhere. You can basically find a podcast, and we do have a YouTube channel. Any You guys know you listen to podcasts, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff.
1: And please leave us a comment. Let us know what you think.
0: Yes, that, uh, that's probably most important. Let us know how we're doing. Absolutely.